Hello and welcome to this Divorce and Beyond podcast member-only episode. In this specially curated episode, I've cut out all the ads, the sponsor messages, and the breaks just for you. I've left just the actual information, the expert advice, and the action tips that my experts and I bring to the table to help you on your journey. My goal with your membership is to get you past your divorce and onto a happy, healthy, and whole future as you move through divorce and beyond. Hello, and welcome to the Divorce and Beyond podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host. As a top divorce attorney and family law mediator for 30 years, I know what you need to know to get through your divorce, and most importantly, how to move beyond it to thrive and transition to your new future. My experts and I are here to give you the insider view into the process, so listen in for the wisdom and expert information you need on your journey through divorce and beyond. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. I'm Susan Guthrie, your host and listeners. It's another Dr. Elizabeth episode. I know you're all going to be so happy. Dr. Elizabeth Cohen, the divorce doctor, is back with us. And great topic today. Um, One that Dr. Elizabeth reached out uh, about a week ago and said, you know, let's talk about what's happening for, I think, so many of us now as we emerge into post-pandemic life. And I know I'm having some issues as I like put my toes outside the door for the first time in a year and a half. And it also occurred to me um, that you know, as you merge beyond COVID, it's also like emerging into the new life beyond divorce. So there's many parallels, I think, in what we'll talk about today. But first, um, I'm just thrilled that you're here. Thank you so much for joining us and for coming up with such a truly helpful and timely topic. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. I just adore your audience and I want to support them in any way they can. So once I thought of this and started noticing it in my practice, I wanted to make sure to share with all of people here. Yeah, well, and it's really, it's been something as a COVID is sort of rapidly sort of shifting into our taillights to a certain degree or our rearview mirror. Um, but first, before we get into the topic, I just want to talk about a little bit um, about the book and the podcast, because the last time you joined us was the right around the launch of The Light on the Other Side of Divorce, uh, instant bestseller, instant number one hit. And it's now been a couple of months. How's the book doing? How has your journey been? Oh, thanks for asking, Susan. And thank you for all the support for the book. It has been really amazing. People are writing to me and saying, I took your book with me to a retreat or to a hotel. And I went through it as if I was immersed in healing and that they are getting golden nuggets from it, that they're shifting the way they think about co-parenting. They're shifting the way they think about themselves. So I'm just, I'm so grateful that it's resonating with so many people. Uh, well, I can tell you, listeners, it's resonating with our list. My listeners, your that episode has moved into the top five of all time for the mm. podcast. People love the book; it's one of the most clicked on things. You're, it's right at the top of the list of divorce and beyond recommended reading on the website, um, and so in the podcast as well. I had the wonderful experience of being one of your guests, and I can tell you, 
so many people reached out to me um, because it was an interesting experience for me. If you haven't listened to it, people go listen because it was my experience as a divorce attorney getting divorced that we were talking about. Um, it was really interesting, but are, are you enjoying the podcast? You've had some amazing guests. Yes, I'm really enjoying it. And it hit, I had 10,000 downloads in just four months, which was amazing. And I think it's because people want to hear other people's stories. You know, I started the podcast. So people like you, who people know your expertise, but they don't know your story, could hear about your experience and most importantly, your growth. We had, there's a phrase called post traumatic growth, which we're going to talk a little bit about today too. But there are things that we learn through the divorce that make us stronger. And and so, yes, on the podcast, we share the pain, but we also share what people have gone through. And it's really, I have to say, every every person I interview says the same thing. Wow, I've never shared about this before. Wow, I never thought of it this way. So it really is an opportunity for you to hear people really figuring things out about themselves for the first time ever. So take a listen. It's really fun. Well, I know I'm one of the people that said that. So yes, you are. <laughs> I, you, you are. know, it made it definitely made me think about things. And it's funny because I was just on another podcast and interviewed the other day, and it was about the divorce as well. Um, it was a friend who's a divorce coach, and I was talking about um, really everything I did wrong. Now, remember, I was a divorce attorney going through a divorce and I have a litany of things I did wrong Mm -hmm. during my own divorce. And they all center around jumping into litigation, not giving myself time to heal, blaming everything on my ex, Mm -hmm. all the things that I tell people now. But it was really talking to you on your show Mm -hmm. that kind of made it all come together in my mind and made me realize... Mm -hmm. I wish I had known then what I know now because I would have approached my divorce differently. So I'll put a link to that episode of The Divorce Doctor and The Divorce Doctor podcast, but in uh, the show notes for people because I, I really enjoyed that experience. It was totally different to be on the receiving end of being interviewed. Yeah. And I know your audience loves you so much, Susan. And this podcast that I have with Susan is an opportunity to see her in her most open, honest, and truthful as she is every week, but in this way that only Susan, I think, brings to being a divorce lawyer, just saying it straight out and with her big heart and compassion. So definitely listen to it. Uh, Well, thank you. And thank you for having me on. And and thank you for this topic, because I have to say um, the topic and this world as we, you know, we're sitting here in the middle of June, 2021. um, The world is slowly opening up. I'm in Chicago right now. It was a week ago today that they lifted all restrictions. And I can tell you, so yesterday I went out to go to the grocery store and right on the door of the grocery store, it said, if you're vaccinated, fully vaccinated, you do not need to wear a mask. For our guests who are not fully vaccinated, please wear your mask. So I trotted through that door without a mask on. And I don't think I made it down aisle one before I put my mask on. Yeah. I, I, I just, I felt uncomfortable. I felt like people mm-hmm. were looking at me with judgment for not wearing one. I felt mm-hmm. like I was looking at people with judgment that they weren't wearing one. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was, it was confusing. It was kind of upsetting mm-hmm. and it was kind of scary. And, yeah. and I just, I keep feeling it. So I do think that this topic is really important. And 
you know, for those listeners out there who are going through divorce, who are emerging from divorce, who are looking at going into divorce, there's a lot that strikes me about what we're talking about emerging from COVID that does parallel the new normal, as they call it, after divorce. So I think there's going to be a lot of parallels about what we talk about today about post-COVID and post-divorce. Absolutely. When you were talking about the mask, it made me think about the ring. You know, when do you decide to take your wedding ring off, right? Do you go to a party with it on or do you take it off, right? All of these symbols for um, the shift that you've just been through and how and when do you release them? That's actually such a good analogy. I would never have thought of that. But I remember Mm. when I was getting divorced and I was the person who wanted the divorce. So you would think I'd be the one to launch those, you know, take those things off. And I had a hard time doing it because so much of my identity was tied up in being a part of this couple, this. And even though I didn't want to be a part of that couple anymore. I wanted to be identified as a part of a couple or something like that. There was a, it was a, it was a difficult concept and that's how I feel. You're right. That's how I feel about giving up my mask. By the way, I have lovely masks. I have sparkly masks. I have leopard masks. I have masks that match my outfit. Um, they're everywhere, right? Like I saw someone walking down the street yesterday here in Chicago. I mentioned to my husband, we wear them almost like an accessory. Now someone had them wrapped, it wrapped around their arm as they walked along. Another person had just tucked it under their chin. Another person had it hanging from one ear. People have the chains now for them. So maybe that's a place to start. How do we give up the mask? What's going on? This is a very New York example, but I was walking my dogs and saw like a, you know, we often see flattened things here, like flattened rats and, you know, New York City is... Yes, I do know. Yes, you do know. I saw a flattened mask and I stopped for a moment and I thought to myself, this is a time capsule. Like this moment in time where I'm looking at a mask and knowing what it is and having all of the associations of what we just went through... um, that is a, a, this is a moment in time. And I want to recommend for everyone to just take a moment as we start talking about this transition and notice where you are in your space. Notice if you're sitting down, your back against the chair, if you're in your car, notice the road you're driving on, just really ground in where you are right now. Because I can feel even, Susan, as we're talking this, like, it's just a lot of energy, right? A lot of anxious energy of forward movement that I think we need to really slow down. I think the, of course, you know, I I was thinking as we were preparing for this podcast, when we talked about how COVID was impacting mental health. On, the other, on another podcast I did with you. And of course, you know, we wanted it to be relieved. We wanted the suffering and the loss and the pain to go away. Where we are is what we wanted. However, our nervous system does not move as quickly as the immunizations are happening. Um, you know, it's important for people to remember that these vaccines were being, you know, researched for a long time before this happened, which is why it seems very fast, but that it was a fast production because of the emergency and that our nervous systems are just much slower. I mean, we talk about this, talked about this on the podcast, your emotional part of your brain 
which is called the amygdala, is the reptilian part of your brain. It's the most primitive, old, and slow-moving part of your brain. And so just because there is this announcement of all open or no masks does not mean your body and your amygdala that has been told it might die every day if it didn't wear a mask has caught up to the information. And so it's essential for people to understand that too much, too fast of something bad is trauma and too much, too fast of something good says the same thing to the nervous system. So it's all about slowing this down. I so important that you say that. And I remember in the episode prior to this that you said, you know, COVID is one long existential trauma. It is just an ongoing, never ending trauma, trauma, trauma. Every day is something new. And it's so very true, right? We, we don't even recognize, like if you think back to the beginning of COVID, and I actually remember being in a, an airport and seeing people going by with masks at the very beginning, wearing them and thinking, well, that's a little extreme, don't mm-hmm. you think? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then the whole like rush because we couldn't find them and the panic about going out and you couldn't get them because they weren't available. And now it's truly become like just something I don't like the people who are putting it on their arm or wearing right. it under their chin, right? We don't even right. think about them anymore. Right. And what I told myself the other day in the grocery store is maybe I'm just not ready yet to go to the grocery store without one on for whatever reason. And that's okay. What's wrong with it? Exactly, exactly. It is not only okay, Susan, it makes perfect sense. Your nervous system is not updated yet with the new information. We had 15 months. And I think this is really important because when we're in a trauma, it's very hard to remember things. And so I've been recommending to a lot of clients to do what you just did. Remember when the beginning some of the things that you experienced, my husband and I were just talking about, we were wiping down our groceries, okay? I was wiping, right? Spraying and wiping groceries. Like, just remember that only 15 months ago. And now you're asking me to like hug people. I mean, and we had no idea where the virus was coming. We knew knew nothing. And so to really remember that this whole picture, you know, it's zooming out. In a lot of ways, we live in a world where we zoom in. Okay, now we don't have to wear a mask. Okay, so that's all we focus on. But if we zoom out, this is part of a huge process that we're going through that we will continue to go through. I mean, you and I talked on my podcast about your experience of 9-11. Mine too. Mine continues all these years later, right? Yes. Trauma continues. And the same thing with the divorce. How you feel at your first party with your ring off, you're going to feel differently at your 30th party with your ring off. And I think we don't give ourselves enough space to feel many different feelings. I talk about this all the time, the golden ant. You know, we, I think we have to feel relieved. Like people would say, isn't it so great to go to the grocery store and not have to wear a mask? Like that's what you're supposed to feel. So then when Susan doesn't feel that, you're like, what's wrong with me? I don't feel that. So like, actually I feel mixed. I'm so glad it's hundred degrees and maybe I don't have to wear the mask. And it scares the crap out of me not to wear the mask. I feel both things, but there's a lot of pressure to just feel one thing, which is positive. Yeah, it's such a good point. It, it makes me think I was just watching um, 
the Today Show this morning, mm-hmm. and Hoda Kotb was um, interviewing Bobby Thomas, whose husband passed away six mm-hmm. months ago, mm-hmm. and she was talking about. Um, her gratitude for the outpouring of support and help, but that internally she's been saying to herself, okay, it's six months. I should be starting to feel better or things should be different. I should be moving forward. Um, Or she feels that people are thinking that and that's not where she's at. And I think that there was, for me, there was a lot of messaging in that as well as accepting people for where they are and accepting yourself for where you are. Totally. And I'm so glad you bring up grief because I think that is what it is. I mean, we were stricken, just stricken. I mean, I think about this every time I walk around New York City. We were, um, we were just... Um, robbed of people. Like it is grief that we're going through. And just because, you know, you meet, you and I both have this experience and I've talked about this in my book, just because we both have wonderful partners, it doesn't mean that we don't get grief struck by the loss of our first marriages at times when we least expect it. Yeah. Yeah. It's something in our life. It never, it will change you. I think that's something that everyone has a hard time facing. Like you you think there's a divorce, it's done, it's behind me, it's no longer a part of me. And what it truly is, and, and I, I, I'll say it again, I look at my first divorce as the gift mm-hmm. to myself that keeps on giving. And I don't mean that in a harsh or negative way toward my ex. Um, I mean that as I needed to go through that experience. I needed that difficulty in my life to make changes in my in, in how I approach life and to make changes in ways that I was approaching relationships and engaging in a relationship and participating as part of a, a partnership. Um, and that was a true gift. But there's also, you know, it was, a, it was a traumatic time and it was a difficult time. And my world after, although better eventually, was never going to be the same life I had before that marriage or during that marriage. And COVID's the same thing. Exactly. And, you know, I just want to say to people who've been divorced a while, Susan, I don't know if you're having this, but with this re-entry, I'm just, just popped into my head. I'm having a lot of memories of my early divorce. And I think it's because it is very similar. I hadn't thought of this, but this, this, the, the last time, I'm sitting with this pain of really of re-entering, but having gone through something so difficult and how to kind of categorize it. I think we also live in a world, I know people now we were, I think we were on Instagram live together and someone said they, they throw divorce parties. Like I know some people do that. And I think that we are a culture that doesn't have enough ritual. So, um, and I have been encouraging clients to think about rituals. Last week, my eighth grader graduated from middle school and, um, there wasn't a dry eye in the house when, I mean, including the principal, when she said, you you know, your second part of seventh grade, I'm going to cry now saying this, you were on Zoom with ambulances constantly riding by with people dying. You know, in New York, we needed like freezer trucks because of how many people died. Like that is the truth. And we need to know that that, that, that is part of what we're doing now. 
Like it is continue. It's, it's the, it's the beginning of what we're experiencing now. And we need to honor what we've been through as we re-enter. We can't do it, um, in these like compartmentalized ways. And I think in some ways, this reflecting on how hard the last year has been, has brought up for me, reflecting how hard my marriage was and leaving was, um, And I know a lot of my clients um, are having a lot of past trauma coming up for them because when you have a a one trauma, it does bring up issues of others. So for those of you who are having a hard time reentering, you know, know you're not alone. And if you're feeling even more vulnerable than before, that makes perfect sense as well. Yeah, there are so many. There have been so many triggers. You know, we're we're talking about COVID and the fear of getting sick, the fear of someone we love getting sick, losing people, but there's been more going on. There's been a lot of additional trauma. Um, There's been a great deal of discord in the world. Yes. There's been violence um, that that has, you know, it continues um, here in Chicago. Um, they, there were something like 40 shootings over the weekend, 10 people die. I mean, it's, it's escalating. And there, so there's been a great deal, um, that is the, that is coming out that feels like this has just been a time of, um, I don't even know what to call it. Like, uh, right. just, uh, an, 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 that existential trauma sort of ties, sums it up, I think. Exactly. And this feeling of, of the unknown, you know, the biggest threat to our species is not feeling, feeling like we can't control what's happening. And that is what we were in constantly this last year. And we also don't know what life post pandemic looks like. We, we, we are in this place now. That's why I ask people to kind of ground into where you are because that's what we do when we don't know what is actually coming up next. And so I want people to be deeply compassionate and deeply understanding that they need to do what feels right for them. And my what feels right for me is going to be very different than what feels right for someone else because I am bringing to this experience my entire history. You can't separate me from this. No. And I think everyone's there. And what really has come home for me is I've, I've changed through COVID. Things have shifted. Um, and, and I don't mean there's a great deal of external shifting that's gone on. You know, we've jobs have changed for people. Many people moved during COVID, you know, all different kinds of things have happened. But a lot of internal shifting and change has happened during this time period yep. for people as well. Yep. Not all of it bad. No. Nope. I, I mean, there's a lot of, for me at least, there's been some um, recognition of what yeah. works for me and what doesn't work for me as well, if that makes sense. You know, things yeah. about, like, I've learned I'm actually pretty good with some solitary time. And um, I'm really good with having one-on-one extended time with family when I've not been able to have that in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, to me, it feels like sort of there may be, need to be some sort of exercise that takes place where I actually need to sit down and journal this or yeah. draft yeah. it up. I, yeah. I like journaling. That's yeah, yeah. my new thing. So, yeah. so this what is do what you I've- suggest? 
Yeah, this is what I've been recommending to my clients, Susan. We're totally on the same page. So I've been recommending that you take out a piece of paper, you put a line right in the middle, and on one side, you say what I'm going to take with me from the pandemic quarantine time. What do I want to keep? And that for me is lunch every day without my phone, without my right? Like just having lunch every day, doing yoga, streaming yoga every day, um, checking in with my partner and talking in the middle of the day, which we were able to do during pandemic. So things that I, that I wanted to keep. So that's, that's the one side. And the second side is things I will never do again that I did before pre-pandemic. We were talking about this before. Like I will never, I used to have, you know, three plans on a Sunday for different social plans. I will never have more than one plan a day. No way. Because I too realize that while I like spending time with people, I also like a lot of solitary time. I also realize that I'm always going to be doing some anti-racist work. I will never again not be able to see what I see, what I have seen. And I, before the pandemic, didn't see it in that way. And so there are, especially if people are have chosen, and this is so similar to what we talk about, Susan, right, with the divorce. Like if you've cho- if you chose in the pandemic to figure out what was going on for me before the pandemic, what was working, what was not working, what do I need to change? Same thing with the divorce. When don't focus on the X, ask yourself like what's going on for me and what do I need and how can I move forward? It's doing that internal work. And we are all changed. You know, everyone says, oh, this generation of kids who is this age or this age changed. We are changed. We will never be the same as we were in 2019. And what does that mean for you, right? Like, what does that mean for you now? What do you want to do? And it can be a good thing. I I mean, I truly, that's what I've changed. We we can so often react so negatively to it. Um, because it feels forced. And I I recognized this early in the pandemic with colleagues, right? I was, Mm. I was, I was, um, suddenly the, you know, nadir of online mediation as a mediator. I had been online forever and I suddenly had an outpouring of outreach from colleagues at the beginning of COVID, but it wasn't positive coming, you know, it it was, they were they were freaked out. They were scared. Mm-hmm. They were upset. They were fearful because they didn't know how they were going to continue to do what they did when they couldn't do it in person. Mm-hmm. And now today, the vast majority, I think I've trained like over 18,000 mediators how to get online since <sighs> the beginning of COVID. And the vast majority of them, and this is just one tiny example, but they love working online. This right. massive number of people who were afraid of it, who hated this feeling of being forced to change what they were used to doing, right. loved the change once it happened and are not planning on going back full-time to in-person. Most professionals, are you going back to solely in-person meeting with clients or patients? No, I'm going to be working... Right. I'm going to stay remote and I'll share a personal story. Hopefully it's okay that my, it's not my story, but my husband for years has been working somewhere um, that he, you know, worked at. (laughs) It was, they had benefits for our family. They had benefits for college, Um, but it was, you know, the job he went to. And if it had not been for COVID, 
he would still be working there. But because of COVID and the idea that life is short and what's important, he has decided, had decided to leave and to follow and pursue his dream that he thought he couldn't do until, you know, he retired or something like this pushing things off. He just, and he is a happier person. Our family is, everything is better. And I, it never would have happened. Just like I never would have met him if I hadn't been divorced. If we hadn't had COVID, he would never have thought it mattered enough. He mattered enough to take that change and take that shift. And so a lot of, so that's an example, not mine, of a huge move that will change everyone, a ripple change of everyone around him because of what happened in the pandemic. So significant. And and I'm so happy for, for your husband and for your family, because I know that I was sharing with you earlier, you know, we had, when we first moved to Chicago, we thought we wanted a certain type of home life. And so we got you know, a a house in sort of an outskirt outlying area. And I was just miserable there. I did not enjoy that. And, and during the pandemic, we changed our, because we were spending so much time in that house, it became really apparent to me, the house had something to do with it. And we changed our living situation. And I wake up every day now, excited to go out and be in my new neighborhood and enjoying what I figured out would work for us in our new living situation. And those are changes, you know, and it strikes me that maybe something that will come out of, because I've, I've identified it during divorce and I think it's same during COVID is, although some of the change feels forced upon us, when we have the time to settle into it and, and examine the changes that are made, so often we then look back and say, thank God that catalyst happened yes. for change in my life. Yeah, and you are someone who was already working from home. So I want people to understand, I think what really shifted for you was your the slowing down. And that is what happens in a divorce too. You are You are forced to slow down and think, how much time do I want to spend with my kids? What do I want for Thanksgiving? What you really um, require to be mindful and conscious. And we've talked about this also with you know you spending some of the time in the winter not in in Chicago, right? And yes. that that also became clear. It's just this. I, I want to say that like slowing down during the pandemic allowed for a lot of clarity, and so does a divorce. And you have a choice. Do you listen to the clarity and make changes based on that or do you not? And that's what I think is more important than whether you wear your mask or not, everyone, is what did you learn? What do you want to take with you and what do you want to leave? This is about living your life by design, not by default. This huge earth shattering thing happened to us, just like a divorce happens to us. And we have a choice. Are we going to learn from it or are we going to, you know, say that it ruined our lives? I love that living our lives by design and not not by default. Was that yes? I love that because it's that's really if we if we want to you know hone in on the nugget here, <laughs> that's the nugget, and that is that's going to take some self reflection. I think yes. for people, you aren't going to get these little you might get little epiphanies, but you are not going to get a grand and overall. I, I didn't even know when I was you know, talking my husband into selling that house and looking for doing new things about where we were living. I didn't really even, it wasn't like a conscious, it just was a, I was following my gut. 
But as I look back on it now, um, one, I know anytime we ever move from here on out, I'm going to have a much more clear understanding of what works and what doesn't work it yeah. work in for our lives, for our family, for exactly. our partnership. Exactly. And those are, you know, that's valuable intel, folks. We've learned a lot. And also, Susan, I want to say as someone who has had the privilege of being close to you during this time, I think because you've had more solitary time, you have had more time to reflect on what you like and what you don't. And so many of us, myself included, were so focused on other people and keeping busy and staying busy that we didn't have those moments to even notice that you didn't like something. Like that's the thing that I... I'm noticing so much is that I would default to yes all the time. And because I couldn't default, I couldn't say yes to anything. I had a lot of time to decide and and every yes had to be like very careful because of the dangerousness of it. Now I kind of treat the yeses. So someone said, do you want to go for coffee? And I really thought like, and before I would have said yes, but do I want to? And the answer is actually no. And no, we've talked about it before. No is a complete sentence. Complete sentence. And I thought of that when I texted and I thought about the um, Biff work and the Bill Eddy work. Like I didn't apologize. I just said, it's not, I'm not going to be able to do that. And I feel like that was honoring me in a way that I couldn't before the pandemic happened. Yeah. And there's, you know, maybe there's another little nugget for people is that, because I, I've had that same experience and, and I, I don't know that if it, it's particular to women, I know we mm. tend to be yesers. Yeah. Um, you know, yes is our default, as you said. And I have gotten much better and I, it all really just comes down to those boundaries, right? But you can't set boundaries if you don't know what you, your own personal boundaries are. Exactly. Um, yeah. And in some ways, in some ways, I say this a lot that, you know, we humans work kind of like a pendulum. So to change, you have to really do things extreme to change the neural pathways. So in some ways, we had so many boundaries, right, during the quarantine, yeah. right? And so now we're going to, and I know a lot of people want to swing back and have no boundaries and hot back summer and all these things. And I want to encourage people to kind of fall in the middle a little bit and think I can have... Now that I know what boundaries feel like, which do I want to keep and which do I want to release? Like how, let me play a little dance with it. Um, Let me say no and then maybe I'll say yes. But slow and steady wins the race every time. I I was just thinking Chelsea Handler is going out on tour and I think she's calling the tour vaccinated and horny. And it's like, (laughs) it's like, but I do think there's that, um, you know, certainly here in Chicago that just opened up last weekend and that's all I can speak to. It's the only place I've been in since um, the restrictions have been lifted somewhat, but it does feel like people are a little crazed. They're out there and there's almost a Mardi Gras feel. We happen to live now near um, all the the restaurants and clubs and bars are right down the street. And if you go down there any night of the week, it is like a Mardi Gras feeling. Um, yes. People out, people partying, people having a great time. Yeah. Um, it feels extreme. Yes, I think it is. And I, I want to go back to what I said, that too much, too fast of anything, good or bad, is, is overwhelming for the nervous system. So you want to go slow. 
And I said this in the beginning of the pandemic, and I'm going to say this now, we want to be careful with substances. I know we all just want to drink and drug and be free and But just know that those have psychological impacts on you and your nervous system is simply still adjusting to something new. So it is not a time to go all out and know that. And this is the thing is that I think that the nervous system also is not sure how long is this going to last? Do we have to go back in? You know, do I have to get it all out now? And so having the, the faith that I can take a little bit at a time, and that's that's a better way to build a building one brick at a time than to put them all in one and like just to take it to take it slow. But it's very, very hard for people to do that. I mean, re- emotion regulation is one of is the number one issue that people come to therapy for and people struggle with substance abuse with. It's about how to regulate your emotions, meaning how to not go all in all the time or have no emotions. Like that is really a, a struggle. And so I want people to know that this is a time where there's going to be a real pull to go all in and just to dial back slightly. Yeah, maybe just some baby steps. Some, you know, maybe I'll go for a walk without my mask on exactly. outside before I go into the grocery store. Exactly. Um, and, but and that all comes back to that tuning into how you're feeling because there yes. is a lot of external pressure right now. Um, you know, as you said. Um, people are like, hey, let's get together for dinner. Let's go on a trip. Let's do this. Let's do that. Restrictions are over. And my nervous system is saying, I'll have one dinner a week with one, you know, like I can slowly emerge from my cocoon and I'm going to be okay with that. That's that's how I can handle this. Exactly. And one thing that's happening for me is that I kind of, I don't want to be on the the first boat out. Like I haven't, I don't want to be with, I, I will travel, not because I'm afraid of anything physically, but emotionally, that kind of intense energy is very triggering for me. So I can't go on the first flight where people are clapping and cheering. Like that's, that's too much for my nervous. I need to have, I need it to be a little later down the road, but that's just what's right for me. And it doesn't mean I'm right. You know, I think we talked earlier about judgment, right? Like we judge a person wearing the mask, not wearing the mask. We have to remember we're social beings and we still think that to, in order to be okay, we have to be exactly like everyone else in the tribe. Um, and we we don't anymore. We've evolved. And so I just want people to know that go at your own, you know, the, your beat of your own drummer. That is the safest thing for your nervous system, whatever that looks like for you. I, well, and that, I love that. I think that for both those emerging from COVID, those emerging from divorce, right. or frankly, there's probably a lot of people doing both at the same time. Yes. That is really the core advice is that diving in is probably not the way to go right now. Dipping your toes in or like when you're getting in a really cold pool or a really hot bathtub, Yes, you, you know? Slow but steady and then acclimate as you go along, right? Exactly. That's how to build long-term resilience is to do it slowly and steadily. Well, I I love that we got a chance to talk about this. I know we could talk about it forever. There's going to be so much... Um, And I suspect we'll be getting back together as the world continues to emerge. And that's one of the other things that I've really learned during COVID is whatever's going on today doesn't mean that's what's going to be going on tomorrow or the day after. Um, And there's 
It's a little exciting too, right? Yeah. The world is rapidly changing. Yeah. And again, resiliency, building that 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 muscle to be able to move through adversity and joy, but to be able to move and be flexible. That's what I wish for everybody. Well, for those who don't know yet, although all of my listeners should know, how can people get in touch with you? What's the best way? The best way is to go to my website, drelizabethcohen.com. That's drelizabethcohen.com. It will, of course, be in the show notes, as will a link to the podcast, a link to the book. The book is available as one of my top recommended reads. It's, you know, I want to say again, um, to everyone out there, because as people are emerging from COVID, I am seeing more and more people questioning their relationships, questioning whether a marriage is going to continue. If you or a family member or a friend is going through that, Get light on the other side of divorce now. It's a gift for any time, but people are always asking me as a divorce attorney, what can I get for someone? Mm -hmm. Get the book as early in the process as possible because that's the kind of gift it is. The earlier they get it, the bigger the gift is. It will always help. But I, I truly believe that because you know what? We need to know as we're looking into a dark tunnel, you need to know there's a light on the other side. And how to get there. This is a roadmap. It's there. So please get the book. Thank you so much, Susan. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining me on today's Divorce and Beyond podcast member-only episode. I hope you found some information and inspiration that helps you on your journey. If you have any questions, you can feel free to ask me on the exclusive members-only Ask Susan Anything page. You'll find a link to the page where you can ask questions as well as all of your other membership benefits on the website at divorceandbeyondpod.com. 